foreign. You get these. We're live. All right. Welcome back. Episode three. Recording in progress. Of the Harold Katz podcast. Oren Glickman alongside Jack Terrell. Another opportunity to get the perspective of the Godfather, or recently known as the Podfather. Uh, very cute, Jack. Stolen Coach, it. I was going to sweep. I was going to sweep NYU under the rug and just move on to the last two Skyline games. It looks like Jack wants to talk about that a so little I, bit. I, I really wanted to talk about Max and how he fits into the motion in it, during a complete game, but uh, it's your show, so you tell us what you want to talk about first. Well, I'll go wherever you guys want me to go. You want to talk about? I, 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 I've been eager. I'm so call me selfish, but I, I've been super yeah, Jack, eager. We, we can get look before we start. I, after I mean, it's only one day, but I did tell you that all the Max fans had no idea what we were about, and then right. and he was going to change all that, and he did exactly that. I mean, but to be fair. St. Vincent isn't a team like NYU. Oh, I get that. I get that. We'll get into that. Spencer Friedman. Let's go back. Let's start. Let's start with that. Go a ahead. lot of people are saying, a lot of people are saying that NYU out YU'd us. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> they did a lot. Right. They do a lot of the stuff we do. When we beat these bigger teams, it's because we could pass, we could shoot, we had these skilled guys. Well, but look, I'm gonna sum it up right here. Okay. So guys can say whatever they want. But if you I have go, a notepad. But if you go 19 of 20 possessions in the second half, giving up points, I don't care if you're the Lakers, you're getting beat. And it wasn't even there, there was like I think they went 11 possessions in a row where they scored, and then got a we got some kind of stop, and then they went another nine in a row. At that point, you throw your hands up and go, whatever. Right. Like we just right. stink, period. Like it had nothing to do with what we run or what they run. We stunk. We didn't decide. We decided we weren't going to guard today. I think we were a little tired, but that's to me, that's just an excuse. You either guard or you don't guard. We didn't guard anybody. I mean, I don't, I really don't care who you are. If you don't guard, you're never going to win. I mean, Grinnell proves that. Even though they win, they just out shoot you and they play five on four and all that nonsense. But if you're a team, like we're really young. And it's just, you're going to have days like that. I, you know, I, I didn't go out on a limb like Jack did. So Jack's going to, has to be the one to justify this. But I, but we, we, we got smoked because we didn't guard anybody. Did they out why you? No, I don't think so. They just ran there. So we knew what they were running. We knew what they were going to do. We were supposed to say, you know, do something to Spencer. We didn't do it. We were supposed to deal with Clark in a particular way. We didn't do it. We're supposed to deal with peak in a particular way. We didn't do it. So we, if you don't do anything, you're going to get beat. I, I mean, I don't care where, however you slice that. If you can't get stops, you can't win. That's that's a coaching MO. And then anybody who knows anything about basketball knows that if you don't get stops, you're never going to win. And we couldn't get stops that night. And there was more. I'm not taking anything away from them because they just they smoked us. No, they, they outclassed us in every area. Well, we just didn't play very well. Would I, I'd like to play that again. You know, uh, right. you know, maybe we get with a max in the rotation. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think that we, we weren't any good. And because we weren't any good, we got our ass beat. And that's what happens. You just, you, 
you got to get stuff. I just don't care who you are. I don't, you know, everybody thinks they know. If you don't get stuff, you know, chicks dig the long ball. Coaches dig defense. You know what I mean? That's what's, and so everybody gets all excited about three-point shots and statistical analysis and analytics on that. Don't worry, guys. I found out. I I know what you were uh, moonlighting as. I I know what broadcast you were all moonlighting on. So that'll come up soon. I don't feel betrayed at all, Oren, Jack. Jack, I know Jack, you're an, you're, you're a caged animal that can't be caged. So you're that, as we said, you're the, you're the, you're the, uh, the plant outside of the pot. So you are the, so I expected that from you. Oren, et tu, Brute? So. <laughs> Wait, what did I do? I, I mean, you were always on that podcast, so I get it, but I'm just saying. The Pelican. Uh, yeah, no, I I'm a, I'm a, I'm a W word for the camera. You know that at any time. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. It's Oren that's disappointed me. I, no, no, Oren, no, Oren, stop. Don't, don't, Oren. It's, you're never going to be able to make sense of it for me. So I just think that's what that is. Like, here's what you do in a game like that. You're right on the box, you know, wherever you film these, they don't open until 2026. And then when you're when you're that this freshman class, you open up in 2020, they go, boy, we were terrible. And you know, I like I have stuff in my basement from 2000 that I wrote, don't open until 2012. Mm-hmm. I have still not looked at it. Matter of fact, I have not watched the Farmingdale Championship game that we got beat Ryan's freshman year. I've yet right. to watch. It. I've seen pieces of it, but I've never sat and watched it. I regret watching it. I mean, yeah, it, I mean, one, that team's done. So they're yeah. the only, only thing you gain from it is what we can do for next year with the kids who come back. Tom, Mike, they're gone. Like they're they're gone. They you know, we we're not, you know, you're only the same team for about eight months. That's really interesting. So that you're gone. You're gone. Now you may have a core group. God willing, we have one that stays together for four years. But the group itself is only together for about eight months. And then there's new pieces that come in. Some, as you know, are great for you. And some, as you know, are not. Right. And, <clears throat> you know, coach's job is to make sure that you... Coach's job is to make sure that the, that, that the ones who are great are the ones with the voice and the ones who are not don't have anything to say. Listen, I think... You- yeah, I think you make a very good point. Um, you, you know, talking, uh, we, we every episode we've gone over and over again about how young and, and youthful the team is. Right. And I, I think you you made a point of it, you know, that NYU game was slapped right in the middle of, of some important skyline games. And this team is so young that they're not... To, they're not right now, they're not able to handle all these games clustered together. Will that be a different story though in February when the stakes are much higher? Well, let's put it this way. I mean, let, let's take this is a micro view we're talking about. Let's take the macro view. Okay. In the macro view, we're five and one. Everything else doesn't matter. <clears throat> NYU is a teachable moment for us. 
hey, fellas, you come out and do that pile of dog crap like you did the other day, we're going to get smoked like we did the other day. You understand? So that's the lesson of it. But the bottom line is we're five and one. When tomorrow night, you're six and one. If in fact, and this is hard to do, if in fact you can get tomorrow, now you're six and one and you're a half a game off the pace of last year's team. Okay. Wow. That's so, crazy to even think about. Right. But but that's but from a coaching standpoint, that's all you think about. Like I NYU is like. You know, you watch the film, if you, in fact, do that, and just go, wow, we were crap. I can it's even watch like it. The other, it's like I said a couple of weeks ago. Like it's one thing if you go in there and you play well and get beat, you just be like, yeah, well, we were crap. We were dog crap from the beginning to the end. Crap. Yeah. Like, well, every Everything about it was crap. I don't Taking nothing away from them. They came in and punched us in the mouth, and the bottom line is judging from their schedule. They are the champions of the skyline. Sky <laughs> then let's now, now go over to UAA. Let's just see how good that skyline prepared you. Yeah. Right. When they play the likes my of opinion, Emory and Brandeis. Opinion, yeah, in my opinion, I'm not sure they got as prepared as they needed to be by beating up on, on our league. And the reason I say that is because you played Farmingdale on day one. They're, they never get out to shoot very well. They just haven't, maybe since George was a freshman. Like they just don't. They he he messes around with lineups. He does some things. Experiments. Yeah, that's just what he does. I mean, that's what preseason is for. He's not trying to win the NYU game. He's trying right. to figure out if he can win the. You understand what I mean? Like so, we're not. Like we're trying to win the NYU game, but in the larger scheme of things, we're not getting an invite. So we only have one goal, and that's to win the skyline. And the best way to do that is to go five and one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. That, and, and so that's the approach you have to take. You take that game. Hopefully you learn from it. Guys know that if you don't put the effort in that you're supposed to put the effort into, you're going to get your ass beat. That's just the way this is. That, that's how basketball works. What's a realistic ceiling on this team? I, 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 my, I had said skyline uh, since July, and I think that's a fair thing. I think that should still be the goal. No, it's the goal. I was just un- like why I'm saying that it's like, depending on how good we think NYU actually is, like, was it, it was it unrealistic to think that we'd come in there and, and, uh, I mean, every game you take the four, you're trying to win the game. That's true. That's true. Are we good enough to win that? You know, if we had max from jump, you right. know, I see, I think we beat Connecticut. Yeah. I, I think max is a, max is a game changer and everybody got to see that a little bit. I know y'all right. like on your TV broadcast, got all jacked about seeing that a little bit, but the TV some broadcast. Of us, some of us, everybody expects the Benji Riddles is great. Everybody, Benji is great. Everybody expects the Frisch Max. We know he's nowhere near the Frisch Max. He's a whole nother. Oh, no, he, he was at that prep school whole, after Frisch too. He is a whole nother animal. I mean, what was the Frisch Max? He was a, he was, he was more of a mid-range guy. He didn't really have a beyond the arc type shot. A little bit. He could shoot a little bit, but he was penetrated. You know, he, he didn't really, I wouldn't say he didn't guard, but they weren't playing a lot of great, they weren't running a lot of great stuff over there. Daniel Shamir, Daniel Tamir should take my uh, apologies in advance. They weren't running a lot of great stuff. <clears throat> and um, he was. Well, he was an assistant. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying, like, they weren't really doing a lot. And Max was a talented player. 
and we recruited him out of high school. I mean, yeah, him out of high school, right. he was doing different things, and now he's grown into a man. He plays with. <clears throat> I told I was talking to somebody the other night. He has like a spontaneous combustion calm about him. In other words, he has this yeah. spontaneous combustion where he can explode and stop on a dime and just kind of get into what we're doing. And he puts a little different element in what we're used to because his handle is what it is. So he he's, and he has a really good basketball IQ. So when you add that to the fact that he's the best defender we have, it, it, it you know, we, well, let's put it this way. He's the best defender in it. I'm not even sure. Him and Roy. Are Roy's a pretty good defender. Yeah, he's a real good defender. They're the best defenders in that starting lineup. And they hear the, the difference is everybody's just scratching the surface. There are some things I want to get to in regards to Roy. Remember, remind me. <clears throat> that goes to a bigger conversation that you can be sure we're going to have. About, I love bigger conversations. <clears throat> about certain someones and opinions and stuff like that but Would we want certain someone's to come on no i i don't i don't okay all right look if certain someone's want to come on they can but i don't need like some some you know, back of the classroom scratching on a boy i don't need that okay right? yeah fair enough. this is upper well, level stuff this ain't this ain't fanboy stuff so fair enough. i'm not i'm not getting down in the weeds with the fanboys if they want to come on here they're welcome to obviously cool. But they should just know that it's my show. Good. All right. We got they're, they're sponsors. They're sponsors. That is That's true. true. Sponsors are welcome on here, but there's limitations to how much to tolerance I'll have for nonsense from sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the way, I, have, I see no messages. So if any going live, if anybody's messaging you or whatever, I could care less. So you can be the conduit for all that stuff. And if, if people want to jump on here, people who are competent uh, or people who are directly involved in what we're talking about, I have no problem with it. <clears throat> or so that's my response to the NYU stuff. Okay. I yeah, I just think you take that game and you throw it out. Doesn't do it. it it's sort of like, you know, you know what's funny? And this is where maybe it's the process that you have to go through. If you remember. We lose to Foreman Dale. We blow, a, I think, 17, 18 in a row. We lost that game. And we never put it away. And then Purchase came in and kicked our ass, if you remember that. And everybody said, well, we should have been Purchase to hit the stance. And, dude, you gave up 98 points. Shut up. Right. And, and these two things had something in common. We gave up 100 and change that night. We gave up 98 this night. You're not beating people. You do that. That's, that's what's like. You're just not going to beat people. So like, oh, well, he hit the side of the basket. Dude, 98. I want to hear about Wilson. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 98. To a team that really can't score 98. So all that stuff, like that, we never put the Farmingdale win away. And I believe this, without losing in that championship, as we've said before, we'd have never been 29. No way. Yeah, totally agree. It brought we need to go through that. Yeah. And I think we need to go through more ass kickings like this. I don't want to do them. But if every once in a while you get your ass kicked because you don't play hard, you know, <laughs> you deserve it and go for it. You know what I mean? See how tough you really are. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to talk about it on a podcast, you know, uh, it's a whole nother animal. To, now, I will say this. Uh, 
there has to be from the sponsors of this program. There has to be some kind of accountability in bringing a freshman on at 11 o'clock at night for a live broadcast a day before a game. Uh, I, to me, that makes no sense. Okay, you want to do that interview? No problem. Do it at eight o'clock. You could do I that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it was you, but there are some. I was an accomplice. Were you on that, Oren? I was a pawn. I was a pawn. I I, I don't do the interview. No, no, we're taking credit. We're taking credit. Orin. We're trying to do something great here. Orin. Orin. Trying to have interesting content. Wait, in my defense, I have a WhatsApp conversation with him. Afterwards, saying, I cannot believe you're still up at this hour. You should be in bed. Hold on. Hold First on. off, Harold, you got to give us. We Hold can't on. say no to Zevi Salmon. Are you crazy? Hold on one second. Hold on one no. second. Wait, wait, wait. Let him out Hold the floor. on one second. Hold on one second. Oren, this, I was only following orders stuff. All people have heard this before. Oh. And it, it, it ain't something we're, it it ain't something we're fixing to do. But here's the point. It's 11 o'clock at night. I take responsibility for the loss. It's 11 o'clock at night. He has to play the next day. It has nothing to do with winning or losing. But there has to be – I get the whole fanboy, let's get him on here at Zevi. I get all that. Do it at 8 o'clock because he's going to stay up. He's going to say, you know, Tikkun Chatzos. He's going to go over Shear at 1230. You know, wait. But he's got a game the next day. So this isn't fair. You can't blame the excited fans for jumping in an opportunity. I'm not. I'm just telling the excited fans to do it at 7 38 o'clock. All right. If you can't do it at that time, do it the next day when there's no game the following morning. Take it into consideration. That is Coach Zucker was actually on right before and he made a similar comment, I believe. It's just common sense. So, (laughs) you know. Get Marty Zucker. Get Marty Zucker at eleven, and get the kid at nine or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just about David Salmon on his father. Hey, let's we'll get him before him. Like, let's be responsible. You know, you can't root for a team, and then and then and then give the team Michelob for four hours before game time, and then they go out and they look drunk. And then you go, I don't know why they played so bad. Dude, you kept them up till midnight. Oh, come on. They, he, they, man, come on. He's 19. Can't blame the poor performance on. Well, I'm not blaming the poor performance. No, you're hey, saying it's a contributing clear, factor. Let's be clear. I said it. I wasn't blaming the poor performance on that. What I'm saying is be more responsible. That's all. Like, uh, seven our responsibility is to our fan base. <laughs> well, tell the, well, tell those seven people you're doing it at eight o'clock. <laughs> like that's what's up. Like that. I'm crushed. I thought we had a thing here. This is we're all a family. Oh, come on, we're all friends here, and you know we're loyal to you. Uh, no, I'm the cousin. I, I have a question I wanted to ask to get us a little more on topic. Are we worried? Are you worried, Coach, that our seeming best lineup like our most offensively efficient offensively skilled lineup is really small it's it's zach i'm and Samet. it's batash it's as of right now zucker and roy yeah, i wouldn't go that. i, I do it a little different i do it a little differently but no i'm not i'm not concerned about that at all look it ain't know, about the size. It, ain't, it, it is not about it is not about the size of the of the dog in the fight it's about the size of the fight and the dog. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you, you, 
there are plenty of teams who have not been taught. You know, I, I want to say Nebraska Wesleyan. I don't think they had a starter over 6'4 when they won. I think it was Nebraska Wesleyan a few years back. They were basically 6'4, 6'5. I mean, I'm sure my son Elliot will correct me, but I, I'm pretty sure that entire lineup that won was it, it ain't about the size of the dog. It ain't, it ain't about that. It's the size of it's what's up in here now. You know, if anything, the question really relates to their youth. And I'm not convinced that's our best offensive lineup, by the way, but what, what's, who would you make? As well, our... You're not even going to get me to do that. So you'll see it one day when it happens. Oh, that's, okay. that's what's up. But but I think that look, these lineups that you talk about have to be lineups on both sides of the floor. Like you can't oh, yeah. just you can't just, you know, it, it, it truly is about the size of the, the fight in the dog. Well, and, I mean, Batash has had amazing offensive games. You can't you can't deny those. This is just where I'm coming from. Zach Iman Salmon, we've already established is the best offensive player and then the best overall player. Walker's you know, the senior who's been there in the biggest of battles. And Roy's our best defender. So just in my opinion, that's that's where it comes in my whether or not you want to put Dotan in there instead of uh Oren for defensive purposes, but I just have really been impressed with how Batesh has been playing. So I mean, yeah, you can go anywhere. I'm gonna, let, I'm, gonna let, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let y'all wrestle with lineups. I I, I think I kind of I'm gonna keep this one to myself. But the answer to your question is whether you're small or not. You you just you still got a guard, you know what I mean? It don't matter. It, it don't matter if you can guard. You got a chance. If you can't guard, and, and guarding obviously, you know, like look, the other day. We gave up 21 offensive rebounds and won by 20 points. I've never seen that before. Uh, if I have, it's very rare. Right. Like we we get on that glass, we had 29 rebounds. They had 21. That means they got basically, I don't know the I'm not a mathematician, but that's 40. What was that about 40 percent? You know what I mean? Like more than 40 of, of our rebounds on that glass. They got them on the offensive end. So I, I, you just can't do it. The fact is they turn the ball over 20 plus times. And as John Chaney says, I was reminded by ah, a friend him. of mine, John Chaney said, you, you don't turn the ball over, it doesn't matter. You're going to win. I mean, if, and co- not coincidentally, we probably had six, seven million uh, <laughs> at NYU. And uh, the other day we had, what, 11? And they had 23? Yeah. Like that, pretty lopsided. So, so that, that that makes up for that twenty those twenty one offensive rebounds, and it makes up for you know, and you get help with uh, shot selection and and low shooting percentages because you guard. You know what I mean? Right. But but my point being, you got to rebound. The re- you do whatever you want. You can have any system you want, all that stuff. If you don't rebound, you're wasting your time. Because it doesn't matter what you do. You have to close out every possession. So you're right. It's a little smaller lineup, but it's going to apply more pressure on the perimeter. I do think Oren and Xavier are getting better on the defensive end, which is good. Um, and I think Max will help with that too. With uh, Will help those two get better. I don't necessarily think in certain situations that is the best way to go, but whatever it is, you just kind of, you just kind of roll with it. You know what I mean? And, and you have to compete. I mean, we didn't compete at NYU. You know what I mean? The bottom line, the bottom line is NYU's five and one. 
That's all that matters. And we can't help who we play. I mean, that's on ours. We can help our out guy. Our in-conferences are in conference. We can't help who we play. But I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind winning that thing every year. And and the answer to your question is, I, I mean, with a young team like this, if you can somehow find a way to win it, who the hell knows? You might be playing twice in March, three times. You know, you, you don't really know. I think there are pieces. But you roll it out. You roll it out once you get to the jersey. You roll it out. I mean, I, yeah. I, I also want to make a point that NYU is not the last test of this season. You still have, like, for example, Tufts are coming up. Tufts are only down by five at halftime to Harvard. Uh, what? D, D, yeah. Like D1. Well, hey, D1 hey, Harvard. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you guys get all excited, let me explain something to you, okay? We're fanboying out on this one. Yeah, you are. Because – it's what it's what I like to call idiot math. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like we beat you by ten, you lost to them by seven. So we're uh, gonna, I didn't mean it within that context. I know oh, you I, didn't, but we're gonna I beat did. you by set. We're gonna I know Jack did. We're gonna beat you by seventeen, or if I did the math correct, whatever it is, right? So so that's idiot math because basketball is all about matchups, and so essentially, Jack. If you go ahead and have to play Williams with the lineup that you want to play, you're going to have to deal with that because that's six ten across the board or whatever. Right. So you're going to have to deal with that. I, I mean, I'm giving you Williams from a few years ago. But I think they have been playing him for years. Yeah. Yeah. So like with that line, you're going to have to figure it out. You know what I mean? Or make adjustments thereof. But 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 um, um, it, it's all about matchup. So it could be that. Tufts just matched up really well with Harvard. Could be that Harvard was messing around with their lineups. Could right, be that, that could be true. You got to understand now. Okay. I'm not saying that the kids playing in the Ivy League aren't any good because some of them are great. If you went to well, the league, Jeremy Lynn. Yeah, but a lot of our guys, like it's a non-scholarship school, the Ivy. So right. You're either paying the tuition at Harvard, or you're paying at Yeshiva University. You know what I mean? So, it, it, it the gap is not as wide as you may think it is. I'm not saying that it's not a gap. I'm just saying between. I would that- agree. I would agree on lower on Ivy's like Dartmouth. I think Harvard right. is considered like the pristine in terms of basketball. Yeah, Tommy Amaker is uh, a pretty well-respected coach across yeah. the deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, Princeton. You know, Harvard, yeah. you know, that that upper echelon. I'm not saying that they're not great, but I'm just saying Tommy may have just been messing around with lineups. Oh, and, very well could be. And you know what else? And you know what else? And you know what else? Tufts might be really good too. Like they might really be a five point halftime. Yeah, the game was on the SBM plus. What did I, it end up? Fifteen or? Yeah. Ended up fifteen. They they won by seventeen. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you know, we're we're. We're not playing very well. We're getting our feet wet. We're right. messing with some lineups. We're trying to do new stuff. You know, it's very it really, cool. it really, go, it really goes to kind of like a different point. I may as well get into it now. It really goes to like a different point, which is this. Let I I I want to address this. Let's hear it. Okay, this elephant in the room, so to speak, because I'm not. I know exactly where I'm going with this. Let me let me go. Let me, <laughs> let me explain. I was a uh, little birdie gave me information about what was going on on this 
on this uh, betrayal you guys were involved in <laughs> during the game. And the last thing I want to do is listen to Pelicans talk during a game. You, I kept telling you, I said it. I recruited myself from that conversation. I said it. I said, I noticed you were quiet there, Brutus. But um, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. But I want to. We're unleashed tonight, my friend. Hold huh? that. I want. I want to tell you something, and this is, I'm trying to call it up, so just give me a second here. This is actually kind of, kind of, um, um, okay. So, you know, let's just take, you know, it's funny when everybody's like talking to me about, we got to put the ball screen in or this, no one ever says, hey, let's run what the Knicks run. Let's run what Minnesota's running. Let's run what the Timberwolves are. They don't do that. They go, hey, Golden State, San Antonio. <laughs> what the hell? Okay, let's be clear. We're talking about, we're, we are talking about 0.000001% of the population, basically. If you are an NBA player, you are, let's just say there's 300 million people in America, okay? There's 300 guys in the NBA. That means you have to line up a million dudes and beat them all in one-on-one. -on -one. That's a Dr. J description of it. Like, they're one in a million. And the, and the analytics people who point to the fact that every pro league is using the analytics, I heard that nonsense. Hey, look, the, the, the analytics, we are not the pros. We are college. You get that? This is college. You can't take professional numbers and say, hey, we need to do it that way because that's what they do in the pros. And interestingly enough, that's what Golden State does. And as you rightly pointed out, Jack, the, the three of the smartest players ever played basketball are on that team, okay? And so I was talking to two of my players today, John Rosen and Donnie Oaken, and my director of basketball operations, Uzi Stern, who's otherwise known as my manager. Um, uh, uh, we were talking today about this very point. And to illustrate my point that the numbers don't lie, but talent does, let me go to the last seven games of the year last year, okay? In the NCAA, which, by the way, is college. You know what? It's not professional, okay? You follow me? So let's do this. Let's go through it. We're going to go Kansas, Kansas, Carolina, okay? That's the final. Is, is that final? Was that, that was the final, right? We'll go Duke, UNC. We'll go Nova, Kansas. We'll go in the Elite Eight, UNC St. Peter's. We'll go KU Miami. We'll go Arkansas, okay. Houston, and Nova, okay? These are the last seven games played on the highest level of college basketball in the world. Is, are we? Can we agree on that? Easily. Okay. Now, yeah. let's delve into numbers, okay? Follow me. Three-point field goals in those seven games. They were a combined 86 for 287, okay? Means they shot 38%, no, 30% was actually 29.9. They shot 30%. They scored 258 points. Now, of those 258 points, you divide them by two, and that's 129 shots that you would have to make from two points to equal the 258 that you made on 86 shots from three. You get that? Well, that's okay. So they had to make 43 more shots from two to get to 258, which means they'd have to shoot 45% and go and go 129 of 287, because that would be 
And so you would go 129 divided by the 287 attempts. And you come up with 45% from the floor from two. You get it? Mm-hmm. Okay. To match what they did in the 80s, right? You get it to match the what they did from, from three. Now, let's go to two-point field goals. Same teams. They were 262 for 557, 47% from two, 524 points, which means they have to make 175 threes to get to 524 points, okay? Instead of 262 twos, they'd have to make 175 threes to get to 524. You following me so far? Yes. Okay. Which means they'd have to shoot 31% from three to get to 175, 175 divided by 557 attempts, okay? So what this means is this, the best college teams in America in 2022, that's who we're talking about here, could not outscore themselves from three versus from two. In other words, they 31% was needed to beat the 47% they shot from two, right? So you need to shoot 31% from three to beat the 47 they shot from two. But alas, they shot 29.9, let's go 30%. But the best college teams in America would outscore themselves from two to get to two to get to 258 points, 45% needed, and they shot 47%. You follow me? Where's a mic when you need it dropped, fellas? So understand that oh, you wait, there's need, more. Take that for data. This means this. That that this is not the NBA. This is college. And we don't have Steph shooting here. Interestingly enough, it's never the Knicks. It's never, never Minnesota. It's always, hey, the Clippers, I mean, the, the Warriors do this. Warriors. Do this. Dude, stop with the Spurs in there. Don't take the best two teams in the country. Take the worst two in the NBA. And let me see. Those. Yeah. Hold on. Okay? Because I always love that. Well, the Spurs run this and Golden State runs it. Yeah, that's right. They're the champs. I don't want to know about the champs. The champs are the champs because of talent. Listen. You say you run whatever you want, but you, players win. Get plays don't do nothing. Players win. Players okay? win. That's what's up. But the bottom line is that to shoot, they would have to shoot 31% to match that, and they only shot 30, right? They'd have to shoot 45, 40, they'd have to shoot 40 higher than 47, and they would have only shot 45. Therefore, this is about talent, and you want to know why. They always say Golden State and San Antonio because Golden State and San Antonio have the best talent. And you go, well, why don't you just say the Knicks? Huh? Why don't you just tell me Vancouver or whatever, right? Why don't you just tell me those two? Well, they're the Well, because it's talent. It's talent. Numbers don't lie. Talent does. I don't give a half. I'm trying not to curse, but I don't give a half a crap what the pros do. We are not the pros. I just gave you, I just gave you. College basketball's best teams, not Division Threes, Division Ones, the best team in the world. Okay. And Kansas, by the way, shot great. But you know what else can during the whole thing? Excuse me one second. You Mayor, we gotta clip this whole bit and and put it out there. Uh, you know what else Kansas shot? You know what else Kansas shot? You know what else Kansas did? They turned the ball over 26 times in those eight in those three games. Okay. They had 26 turnovers in those in three, three games. Yeah, in oh, do I have a what do you know? In those three games, oh, I might have to stuff my nose up, guys. In those three games, 
they turned the ball over 26 times. Look it up. I'm not lying. Of course, I'm I'm relying on King Herb for that information. But basically, that's a John Cheney thing. You know, uh, how many times are you going to turn it over? But the bottom line is what I just told you. These best teams in college basketball shot 30% from three, 47 from two. And it seems to me, in college, stop using them dumbass NBA numbers and get your ass in the gym making layups, getting jump shots, free throws. You know what I mean? Sorry, guys. I think I have a leak. Um, oh, hmm. Hold on a second, guy. Give me a minute. Okay. See, it's not I cool. will... I think that's really interesting information. Um, but again, uh, you know, it, it makes a compelling point where if, if you don't have the um, capacity to measure and, 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 and hit the three ball at the appropriate clip that... Uh, Look, Jack, Jack, I'm not playing Steph. And nobody ever brings up Malik Monk. <laughs> they bring up Steph and Clay. The best shooting backward of all time. I, well, I, we had Malik Monk, this team would be pretty nasty. I'm just saying, if, if you shoot at <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but what I'm saying is, like, they never say Bradley Beal and whoever the hell's running with him, Will Barton. You know what I mean? They just go, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's playing with who? Who's he playing with? Like, what did they shoot when John Wall was there? And why didn't anybody go, you got to run sets that the Wizards run? What? No, because the Wizards suck, because it's a talent-based argument. And you right. can say all you want about number. Now, let me say, let me get to another thing. I love it. For, 40 years, all that nonsense. You know, everybody's adopted it, late adopted. I'm, I'm not non-analytics guy. You know what I mean? I, I Some of them make sense, okay? I might, the way I look at numbers is a little different. But what you just did was analytics, by the way. You're I know it was. I know it was. I used analytics to upslug analytics. Disprove analytics. Exactly right. Well, for our situation, we're in Division Three basketball. I just gave you college basketball, Division One basketball. And the interesting, the reason I went there is because I remember watching these games and then looking at what team shot at halftime. Like I said the other day, one of them was one for 16. The other one was two for 12, whatever. You know, like when I was watching, I just went, well, that's not very analytical based. But everybody's, but everybody's using the analytics stuff, you know. So let's let's address this. Okay, we're going deep into basketball. Let me say this first, okay? And then remind me, I want to give you something about 40 years. Just remind me of that for a second. But I'm putting it down in my notes. 40 years. Numbers. 40 days 40 Listen, here's what number here's what numbers don't have. Okay. Numbers don't have wives. Numbers don't have moms and dads. Numbers don't have egos. Numbers don't have posses. Numbers don't have high school coaches in their air. Numbers don't have trainers in their air. You understand? Numbers, numbers are numbers. Numbers Confidence, are numbers. swagger. Numbers, huh? numbers are never in the locker room. Numbers are utopia. Don't give me utopia. Give me the Knicks, right? Give me give me the Nets when they're two and twenty, right? Well, it's, like, that's, a, it's a real argument. People, numbers, yeah. numbers are numbers. I don't want to know from numbers. You know what? Let me tell you something. We do things now, I could just tell you this, when we started in boot camp or whatever, even in October, we do things now that we know are relevant for two years from now, not necessarily for January. You get that? So uh, you're, in, you're in charge of a locker room. You're building a program, which I, may, I must add, 
before Ryan Terrell got there, we ended up going where we wanted to go. Now, Ryan helped us go further. That was the whole point. And, and as we said before, without that group, you know, as sophomores, I don't know if Ryan comes, right? We've discussed this. But, 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 like, like, and by the way, we're, a, we were running, or our numbers were a, a, an, an analyst dream because we were 40, 53 from, from the floor, right. we were 42 from three. Yeah. We were second in the country in assists. Like we were doing everything analytics would like, except we were doing it non-analytically. Like we did take the three, but we ran everything through the post. Yeah. And Jack, right, or, or Benji, one of y'all pointed out about post passers that we had and all that stuff. I would also say it again, Gabe Leifer playing in a pick and roll offense would be pedestrian. He'd be good, don't get me wrong, but he wouldn't be the stud that he Not is. maximization. No, we, we maximize. I, I, find, I did find it so interesting that you'd have this uh, MacGyver or, or magician uh, passer, at least two of them, that they'd be able to play quarterback from the complete opposite. That's right. Or general from the complete opposite position, and it, it would work. Because you can't practice for it. You can't do a shell drill on the opposite end. You know, so you would catch guys, OPEC going back. How many backdoor layups does OPEC get? It was his whole career. Yeah. Gabe made a Gabe and Donnie made a guy's turned a guy I pro. Say, I would even say you could watch old film. And when OPEC's cutting through the lane, he'll make this like a, a back cut and he'll go through the lane and not pay attention. And here comes a pass, hit him right in the hands. But he's going through it like I'm just, I'm just running, and Donnie hit him right there like that. And over, like, oh crap, <laughs> layup or foul. Johnson, I don't know if you ever read the book, the, the one that the Showtime show was based off is a great book. Um, I forget the name of it, whatever the Showtime book that Magic, when he came in, would see angles that Worthy wasn't ready for yet, Coop sure. wasn't ready for yeah. it, and he'd hit sure. these guys on the head. I had, had a player did that, I had a player did that too. And like, you just you have to be prepared for that, but that's what good. happened. Huh? His name was Goodman. Yeah, he was pretty good. And so, and so <laughs> like guys would hit us, and you know, he had, they had to learn to play with them too. That's the same thing that happened. Oh, so he had to learn to play with those guys too because they were kind of magicians, fast passing big men in America. Now that's you know, or let me say this: the best passing post players in America. And the reason I say this because, and I'm talking about all three divisions. One, because most teams didn't play back to the basket anymore because they were going analytically. Right. And by the way, th there's a nonsense to that too, because how many teams did we get in foul trouble with Gabe and Donnie in there and Ryan? All the time. All the time. So analytics tells you don't play outside, don't play in the post. And we're right. sitting here going, yeah, that's all we're, we're going to start in the post. Like, come on and go out. Now all of a sudden we start working on the second string guy, who the reason he's the second string guy is because he ain't the first string guy. But the first string guys now in foul trouble. You understand? Yeah. So, so that's just a but. So here you have these. Well, every professional team, dude. I don't want to hear about what the pros do. Pro. Let me tell you one thing about the NBA. Okay, I can't think of one thing. I had this argument with a. I don't know if you know David Thorpe. He's a friend of mine, but he was on ESPN radio for a while. And David and David would always bring this NBA stuff. I said, Dave, I can't think of one thing the NBA innovated except all the crap things in the league like that little half circle they innovated that that's crap like the the nba didn't innovate the three 
the ABA innovated the three, right? right? Um, uh, the, the zone defense is a college thing. 24 second clock came from Claire B. Like there's nothing. What's the in, what's the NBA innovation? There, it, everything got stolen from high school or college. Matter yeah. of fact, I would even argue this. San Antonio is running pop stuff from when he was in Cal, whatever the hell it was. When he was in Division Three, he says it. I'm just running my Division Three stuff here in the NBA. So that's what Steve Kerr did. He just took it and went up there. So they're running Division Three stuff because the NBA is not an innovative league. The triangle was taken from uh, Italy. Yo, matter of fact, hold on a second. Italy. Hold on. No, it wasn't. Hold on. Hold on. See this? Oh, but that's a really good point. This is this is actually one of the books I have holding up my laptop because I want to be eye level. This is called the Triple Post Offense. And let's see if you can see who the author is. Tax winner. Yeah. Tax winner. I, I think the most, one of the most, well, obviously one of the, the most successful offense in the modern era. I mean, obviously. It's, it's 10 championships. Michael Jordan in it and Shaq and Kobe. So, it's so true. yeah. So, like, like that's a he ran it at Kansas State. Like that's a that's a college offense. Yeah, that's a college offense that they took to the NBA. The NBA is not I what what innovative thing? I don't I don't like somebody can tell me. Can, I think I think it's because you need to be innovative to make it to that level, and then then implement that innovation. But you you're you're everything is so like they have to do the right thing. They can't take the big swing. So the, like a lot of things that they try to are, are trying out in the NBA, a four point line or whatever, they'll throw it at the G league. They'll throw it at this league. They'll take it from a coach who's doing something interesting in college and then implement And the NBA will never be able to do something that well, you would think that these great coaches, for the game. But you would think these great coaches at that level would be innovative. Instead, they're all cookie cutter. All, so yeah. all running the same well, damn thing. And the only two who are not are, are are pop and steve kerr and kerr's running with pop talk right that's what yeah. i'm telling you and but, but and so i i can't tell you listen i'll say this a thousand times i heard the ball screen conversation okay and i'm gonna tell you this if you told me if you told me and it has something to do with ball to the action action to the ball and i'll explain it but if you told me that I get to blitz Ryan Terrell on a ball screen and let Matan Zucker or Aton Halpert or Ofek Reef try to beat me, a hundred out of a hundred, as long as I can get that ball out that bastard's hands, I'm good. You know that, what I mean? That is a I good. Get everybody's doing it. I but the NBA is not a bring the ball to the accent league. The NBA is bring the action to the ball league, and everybody wants us to bring the action to the ball. When I don't know. Oren, do quick math. What's our record in the last hundred games? Like, just do the math. What do we win? Eighty-five of them. Like, just, yeah, probably only okay. have like four it's, losses. And like, you know. And by the way, y'all know what you got when you got here. It's not. And you came here, and it, it's like, like I told you the other day. You know, everybody moving down to Florida, and they want to vote like they're from New York. You know, they want to bring. They move out of New York because they hate the laws of taxation. It's and all funny. That. I had a freshman kid uh, who I'm close with. I'm not going to name names. Come into my office before the season started. Who was having trouble with the motion before the boot camp? Uh, I'm not going to say who, but he said, like, you know, any any chance, you know, they, you think they'll switch it up? I said, buddy, 
They didn't. They, they ain't switching it up for Ryan. They ain't switching it up for Gabe. They ain't switching it up for you, my friend. Uh-uh. Here to stay. Get on board or get out. Sarah Lawrence's position's open. Get out board or get out. Yeah, you can go anywhere in the skyline. It's available. Yeah. All I'm saying is everybody wants to come and say, well, we need to do this. We need to do this. And like I said, you know, I know you played basketball, but I've been to the dentist. You want me drilling your teeth? Like, mm-hmm. it just, it you know, it's the same. I, I have one question. Though, and I think what you're saying makes sense for every iteration, and only does it make sense when you come across and something that you've also hit on the point on your podcast on on it is when you have the once in a lifetime generational. So when you had to be a good, you threw what you had out the window and said, "I need to do everything I can to maximize this individual and get everyone to get on board with that." Would that not have been? No, but 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 I ran that. But I ran this. Like he was, Tamir was the, uh, what's the word? The guinea pig. Like my that team was the guinea pig where I took coaches stuff and I had to adapt it to my kind of talent. Like we don't, we don't eat for all of Ryan's brilliance, and that's the correct word. He still had certain limitations, and so we had to make sure that we maximized his efficiencies and stayed away from any deficiencies ryan ryan knows exactly what i'm talking about he has worked really hard on him and i love him and he's doing a great job he knows what i'm talking about and i'm not pointing it out to anybody here um because there's no anybody who says they're the perfect player is fooling themselves and ryan 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 is now as far as maximizing the talent you have to maximize the talent it's fair point and maximize the town and bring everybody towards the town. Because if you do something else, you're bringing the talent down to everybody else. And now you're never met. We, with Tamir, we told everybody we're running this. Right. So you're going to be in the most free offense you're ever going to play in. It's going to be the most fun offense you ever play in. If you don't do it right, it's going to be the most frustrating. Right? That's what's up. And that's why you see. Well, what's you know, crazy. It's crazy. You know, you guys are doing a game the other day, or there's commentary on that game the other day. Oh, they get wide open. It's a wide open shot. We need to have him shoot more. Dude, how do you think he gets that wide open shot? Like, it doesn't just happen. You know, like, there's a reason guys are getting open looks. There's a reason that Oren gets open looks. And I mean, wide open. Wide open. Okay, there's a reason why he gets it. Everybody forgets that. And while they're watching him get it, say, we need the ball screen more. Like, dude, there's a reason he gets that look. We know why he, we know why and how he gets that look. I'll address this two hold, the hold for a two count. Okay. The hold for a two count is not just a post touch. I know Benji, it's not just for the post touch. In other words, we are bringing the ball to the action. Okay. We're not bringing the action to the ball. So in your basic pick and roll offense, you're bringing all everybody to the ball. You're bringing more defense to the ball. You're bringing shooters, leaving them standing in the corner. That's innovative. You're, 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 yeah, you, you stand here. You know what I did when I was playing? I would say that to the kid who couldn't shoot and I tried to get on the ball. So you, you stand right there, stand right there. Now they just say it to the guy who can't shoot. You stand right there. Don't move. 
That's what they're doing to Ryan. Ryan had dummy his game down and playing the G League. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I am not going to say anything about that because it's uh, like you, you can't say it. I'm going to say it, and the G League wants to come after me. That's what he did. He's standing in the corner. I, I'm watching. So I get it. So I get all that. Uh, and, and and so you're bringing the doubles to the ball. You're bringing defense to the ball. In what sport are you trying to do that? Like you're going to run, let's take football. Football, you're going to run a counter. They call it the counter tray, where they started one way and went the other way. So you really aren't bringing the defense to the ball. You're bringing them away from where the ball is going to go. You understand? So like the counter tray was everybody starts to the right and then they they drag left. So the only the only sport in the world, I believe, I may be wrong here, but the only sport in the world where you bring defense to the ball is NBA pick and roll basketball. You're bringing defense to the ball. And you know what else you're bringing to the ball? The most talented players in the world. Okay? That's what's up. Now, you want to get deep into basketball. So the two count, the two count is catch, hold. For, here's why we're holding for a two count. And I made adjustments to it. Okay. And that's why you see on, uh, I'll explain in a minute. But the original idea is hold for the two count because we've got action going on here. Going on on the other side. Tim Duncan was action going, yeah. going on here. So we need to play with imagination and anticipation. That's one of the things we talk about all the time. You got to anticipate and use your imagination when you play basketball or in our system. So, however, because of adjustments that that I made to it when Tamir was playing, and we were, I'd like to say, years ahead of our time, because like as I told you before, in 99, we were jacking threes all the time, and nobody was doing that. And so, and so what we did was, and I caught grief from it from other coaches familiar with what I was doing. But my argument is this, in the hardest thing to do in sports, as I've said before, is to close out. Okay. You don't believe me. Ask the cornerback for the New Orleans Saints who had a guard Stefan Diggs with seven seconds to go in the game. And he made a bad close and Diggs ran into the end zone. You guys remember that? And Minnesota wins on the last play of the game, and all the Saints had to do was tackle him because they had no timeouts. Yeah, forget that one. And he made up, he closed too hard, and they lost the game. The hardest thing to do in sports is to close out. If we can get you to close out multiple times in the possession, we're going to kill you. Okay. And we're going to get wide open looks. Okay. And where are you down? Huh? And where, where are you yeah, down? Of course. And that, because you're looking for defensive breakdown, okay? So what we want to do is, so in a situation where we have an immediate ball reversal, we're not going to hold for a two count, okay? Of course. We want, we want the action's already there. Yeah. Right, so we're bringing the ball to the that action. Makes sense. Bring the ball the to the action. I think the two count is brilliant. Huh? Take, I think the two count whole thing should be taught at an elementary level. Hold I the ball. See the action happen and then make a decision, exactly right. have your decision made. I so many times. At, exactly at any right. So here now, stay with me. Now I got a guy coming off a down screen. He's popping out. He's wide open here. I'm going to take it from the top, reverse it here. 
And then I've got other action coming from the opposite way. So now I have a back cut coming the other way. And here comes, I brought the ball to the action over here. And now he's bringing the ball to the action over there. So I bring it to the action mid post extended outside the three. And he's throwing it to the left, you know, underneath the bucket left side for a back cut layup. We just saw Zebby do it the other day on the right side. So like, that's the idea behind it, and that's what we'll trade the two count for. But that's all we'll trade the two count for. You understand what I mean? We don't just want to take it and just do crap with it or bring somebody towards it. That's the idea. Now, um, let, be, before I continue on this thought, please bring me back to it, Oren. Um, I want to address this 40 years. Yes. Uh, okay, let me, address down. Yeah. Uh, let me address it. Let me address it. I'm going to tell you a story, okay? I'm coaching. Did I tell you this story about the kid with the broken hand? Your second was, was the player who was your second best player. No, broke his hand no, in no, 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 no. Story. Yeah. I'm at Goucher College. We're talking about. Uh, was that? I don't know if it was for no. It, I'm at Goucher College 20 years ago or something like that. And we're playing Franklin and Marshall, okay? They are Division Three royalty. Coach of the Year award is named after Glenn Robinson, their head coach. So they are, at the time, they were the- Big dog, big dog Robinson? No, no, different guy. They, they, were, they were the best team in America by Sports Illustrated because that's all you had at that time. And, or Street and Smith, you know, that magazine. So- I, I'm watching this kid they got. His name is Duran Searles. He's a freshman, okay? And Dirk Searles, this is long before analytics, by the way. Um, and Dirk Searles, his brother was a point guard at GW, okay? So Duran is at F&M, and I put the, at that time, we get videotapes, you know, so I bring like five home. We, you'd have to, you'd have to call a, college who, who they played and ask them to send you film and then you know you, you it wasn't like you could digitize it you had to get videotape so i i get five films of f and m okay we got to go over there to play them and i mean they're great they they got a villain a lasalle transfer they're great but i'm watching searles play and he's right-handed shooter who is so good in his left hand I'm like, you know, and then I'm watching a few minutes. And because I'm Talmudically trained, here's what I'm thinking. Whenever he gets ball pressure in the backcourt, he goes to his left hand. Why would he do that? So I asked the question like any Talmudic guy would, why? Your right hand, exactly, Oren. Why would I, why would I? So I, so now I watch film with this premise, okay? Why? I'm assuming that every time he gets pressure in the backcourt, he's going to his left hand. I want him to show me that he's not. And I mean, in five games, that is all he did. So I say, I go into work and I say to my boss, I say, coach, we got to put this kid in his right hand. And, and because he's like that, everything they ran was all entry left side, everything. And, and, and uh, right. He was a righty, but he was so good in his left hand. What, do you, what does every normal coach do? They put it in the film. They go, yeah, we're going to force it. And then they go, yeah, we can't force him left because he's so great in his left hand. 
Kavachomer, he's got to be great in his right hand. Right. But I take I didn't take that for granted. And I went, let me see if, because that's how my brain works. Let's see if, like, why isn't he going to his right? Okay. So we finally get to play him. We're going to move them from the left side to the right side. And we're going to make them have to do that. So we pressured Duran in the backcourt and we beat them. Okay. Then we play him the next year and we beat him at our place the next year. Then the following year, due to a wonderful scheduling job by my boss, we go to Barbados. And the day after we go to Barbados, we come back and have to play the number two team in the country. And half, half of our guys are still blitzed, you know. So we go, so we, they're drunk or whatever, you know. And so we get beat, but not by a lot. That was his junior year. And then his senior year, he came to our place. We just kicked the crap out of him. And they were top five in the country. And we, and he's never played, Glenn never played us again after that. So we're in the layup, you know, we're shaking hands after the game because I'm not going to tell him this before this year. And every year we did the same thing to him and they struggle with us. And I say to him, Durant, did you break your, did you break your right hand? And he said, I did. I, I fell off a skateboard when I was a kid. And I said, I said, did you break your arm? And he says, I did. I, I said, was it your right arm? He said, it was. I said, I bet you were in the gym every day. He says, yeah, I was. I just worked with my left hand. I said, I saw that on film. He said he did it when he was like eight years old. So I said to him, I saw that on film. He said, what? I, said, I saw on film. That's, that's what our success against you has been about. So I say that story for this point. I did not need analytics to tell me he couldn't play in his left hand, in his right hand. I didn't need it. Because I had this. All analytics is going to do is verify my thought process at that point. There was no analytics. And there we, we still don't really, I mean, we'll use it every once in a while to check a, a premise that we might have. But I never needed analytics to tell me what my basketball brain and my eyes already knew. And I would tell you this. I guarantee you that most I know this because I watched them play for four years. Nobody did it to them. We were the only team that did it. And I can't believe coaches would get our game film and not do it to them because they probably didn't know what was happening. I mean, nobody did it. Not Hopkins, who was in their league. Not Washington College, who was competitive. Not Gettysburg, who was competitive. None of them did it. Muhlenberg, I couldn't believe it. But not my problem. You understand? I know. I So I don't need analytics to tell me what my eyes already know. And you're going to tell me what lineup works best. I already know what lineup works best. Whether I, for Roy, okay? For Roy, I'm talking about. That little Roy's the plus my, whatever crap that nonsense. We know what Roy is. We know who plays with Roy. And we know what we want with Roy because we are coaches who know. We're not coaches who don't. I don't need to check some nonsensical number. And I'm not saying it's nonsense. I'm just saying it's you're not in the locker room. You don't understand what we're trying to do. We're building a program. We're not living in a mathematical utopia that's going to base our information on the Golden State Warriors. So we're not going to run what Golden State runs. We might steal something. Everybody steals something. But but 
the point is, we here's my premise. I have this premise. I'm going to go to to synergy, and I'm going to find out statistically if I'm right about my premise. And I would tell you, this is not an arrogant statement. This is a factual statement. It's in the 90, high 90th percentile that our premises are usually right. So not only is the premise right, and by the way, I think our success has shown that. Not only is our premise right, but it's verified by, in other words, that's where I'm using analytics, like verify my premise. And if, if my premise is wrong, I got to find out why. What's wrong here that I'm not seeing here? You understand what I mean? So, so this is, it's a real thing. It's a tool to help us. I don't have a problem with that. You want me to base my offense on that nonsense? You are outside your mind. I have to build freshmen. And in other words, I'm a coach, right? In a locker room. I have to take the freshmen with their hangers on, with the guys who keep them up at 11 o'clock at night, with the guy, you know, understand, with their mom and dad, with their dad, with, you know, with the family, yeah. with, you know, with that. I have to take care of that locker room. And I'm doing something in October that I know may not pay off till February of 2024. But I have to do it now because I need to establish this now so I could draw from it for the next four years, not the next game. And people don't get that. There are so many things. You don't have to take the mathematician. And I'm not just talking about this. I'm saying all of them. They never have to fill a locker room. They never have to recruit. They never have to deal with mom and dad. They never have to deal with the crap we had to deal with last year. And you know what I'm talking about. They never had to deal with any of that. They don't have to deal with that. They say, hey, bam, look at this number, run, pick, and roll. I'm going to look at this number, shove it up your ass. <laughs> That's my response. Like, dude, I got to deal with a locker room. I got to deal with setting this team for success, not for tomorrow night's game, forever, for as long as we exist, because that's the job. And, and mathematicians don't have to deal with those issues, and they don't have any other, like, well, well, why doesn't he take more shots? He's shooting too high a percentage. He should take more. You know? No, he can't make that shot at that clip. He makes the shot at that clip because that's the shot we get him and we want him to take. And that's why, because he can't, he's not, in other words, there are certain players who do certain things and certain who don't. That's what our offense allows. We don't have to go to Texas special. We don't have to go to moisture reverse. You understand? We don't have to do none of that. We don't have to go to Indiana. We don't have to do that. Our offense is like a, is like a, one night it's Roy, one night it's Zephy, one night it's Max, one night it's Matan. That's the greatness of what we're doing that people don't get. No, I think the fact that Oren is scoring 30 points is a testament to, to you know. And, and let me ask you, you think he's doing that in a pick and roll offense? No. Against Oren, teams, no against teams that see that nonsense every single night? No, Oren, Oren in a pick and roll, they blitz him. Even, they if, you stuck, guys even if you stuck him in the corner, the closeout on that's going to be high and hard. And you're going to have to put that thing on a dribble. And if you want to shoot your one dribble pull up all day, I'll let you do that. But you're not going to hit me from three out of 50% clip. We are doing something different. And we're not allowing you to do that to Oren because we're occupying you with something else, whether it's our misdirection or it's stuff that we know that fans don't or coaches don't. You understand what I'm saying? We're doing stuff that is 
that the is building 12, step, 12 steps ahead the, 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 that's a really good retort because I, I i do i'm someone who does hear the argument of lineups and, and working and think it's thinks it's intriguing but what you're saying right now is a really really good point that you're building a locker room you're building leaders you're building up rookies you're dealing with egos and sensitivities and mom and dad yeah, it's it's chestnut it's chestnut checkers I, I, yeah that's right amazing. and so we are playing chess and yeah. that's the point that no one gets and so they're all like well you should do this you should do this. they should do dude you do know we were successful with this right. you do know and by the way we're bringing i mean with all due respect we're we're, we're bringing justin and tyler Hoda off our bench we're not bringing you know we're not bringing like Jamel Stanley off our bench. Right. We're not Stanley Baker off our bench. We're not doing that. We're or limited to what we could do. And you know what's great? Justin and Tyler were great for us. Tyler played 40 minutes in the in the championship game. He was awesome. They're both really good players. Stayed we're not with hitting on those players. And we made the best of Tyler's abilities. That's what we did. We accentuated his positives and stayed away from his negatives did the same thing with justin who had the night of his life and a night that will forever go down in history yeah you basketball history so we know what we're doing you may not agree with it and that's cool everybody has a different looking ass you know what i mean like yours yours you know this person's got a tight one this one's got a round one this one's got a fat one you know everything's just different it's just like noses i mean everybody has a different one all right that's what's up the problem is you're not running this basketball team. Elliot is. That's what's up. And so we believe me, for those who don't think we've had discussions on this issue, you're you're crazy. You have no like idea. On uh, ball screening and all that stuff. We've gone through it a million times. And I would point out, like I did before, that in Ryan's junior year, we we put in from the triple post which i love we put in something from the triple post that would get that ball screen that we had isolated gabriel and ryan we ran it four times we scored all four times on it and the guys are like nah we don't need it. it was them who said nah they're not gonna be able to guard us like they kicked it you could ask elliot about that i'm not giving away a family secret that like they the kids kicked it gabe kicked it donnie kicked it sim kicked it ryan kicked it like just don't need it. It was a triple post thing where we, it really wasn't something taken from the triple post that fit within what we do. You understand what I mean? In, an, in order to isolate Gabriel and Ryan and make them have to guard that. But remember, Gabriel was, was a, an alpha back then. So like it was, it was, we scored on it. And if you go through film, you'll find it. But most of the time, and again, like I tell you, if our movement is there and you catch it on ball reversal and I'm standing there, why not hit the guy? Because that's ball reversal and you're not ready for us. So you, you can't necessarily bring the defense to the ball, if you don't know what I'm saying. It's not always available. So that's a good screen. We, you know, I, we had, I had, I mean, there's a, I remember a story on ESPN on Tamir where they showed a ball screen that we gave them for a pull-up jump shot. Like that, that's just, we're not adverse to it. We're just, Benji was right. Okay. When Benji said, 
people prepare for something different every night. In other words, every night they prepare for ball screen. They're all in on it, you know. So everybody does that. They've seen it every night. You know what they haven't seen? What we do. And every coach says it. They're, they're very difficult to guard. We went through this. We talked about this. They're very difficult to guard. You can't simulate it in practice. Anyway, that's my rant. I have more on it, but I'll, I'll, I know you guys have something to say, so I'll let it go. We don't have anything to say. Are you kidding me? This is the Harold Katz podcast, not the Jack Terrell podcast. Well, I thought, I thought maybe Jack Terrell content. I thought I maybe uh, no, I'm in the doghouse. I'm in the doghouse until episode four. <laughs> You're good. You're good. We need Orin. You're good. Orin is the much required commodity. We can't just yeah. hold talent like this. Yeah. To You're like way better off with Orin Batesh than Orin Glickman. No, we're we're good with both y'all. Yeah. So I'm I'm just saying like that. Like there are so many factors that numbers can't don't know, and numbers guys don't know. Again, they they. I don't want to know what they do in a pros. I don't care. I want to pivot um, onto something. These are all excellent points and like very satisfactory and, and really eye-opening. And I'm opening like people who are listening in and, and we do have listeners. We've got 180 to 200 people listen per episode, which that, you know, I think on is a great number. That's like amazing. Um, testament to your, to the knowledge. We have, um, any, we have any live listeners at the moment? Um, uh, most likely, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a mostly Shabbos or, or, uh, Arab Shabbos doing the, either doing the dishes or setting up the dishes <laughs> or, having or, or, or we didn't let them know yet. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, I'll tell you this. We have more viewers, than, we have more viewers than the Wiener tournament got last weekend. <laughs> I'm if it's called the Weenie tournament, it'll be hard to stay I'm staying right here. I'm I'm going to let Brutus and Jack talk that one out. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brutus. Well, we, 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 I would say one weakness that we had that seems pretty glaring, and maybe it's a Pelican take, but one that I see is like we do lack some traditional size, and I think we had been um, spoiled by Gabe Leifert. Right. For right. 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 Um, right. Who was probably the best rebounder in, in I've ever seen, ever played with. I saw him grab 12 boards against a seven-footer who played overseas in some in one of these like pro-am rec leagues that Ryan and he and Sim did in the offseason. And so he's so my question is: I know you said fighting the dog, dog in the fight, but you're also you're preparing, you're preparing, you also said you're preparing for the next four years. We do have some young guys. That's right. Do do we do I I take a look, do we? take a look at a guy like Igby and think, yeah, there's some things missing. But what do you think of looking at him as a project and going, maybe, maybe he can fill him. the gap here. I love, I love him. I love him. He, he, all he does is want to do what we're supposed to do. Whoever said it, was it you said it or Benji said it about, you got to listen to coaches. Like you, you, what, he does, all he does is listen to his coaches. He works hard. He hits people on screens. He grabs, he has good hands. He grabs rebounds. He doesn't take the ball and jack it every time he touches it. He doesn't care if he scores a point. I love that guy. In the future, he'll be something for us. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's this year or not, but right. I, I, lo I love him to get in better shape. He knows that. Yeah. It's not a secret. 
but that's that's just that's about getting to work. You know, he he really he really wasn't well taught in high school. No, no, not, no, no. A, not a secret. So he's he's learning on the fly, and I, he's terrific. I love him. Yeah, I like him. I love him. Like he can help us. Uh, uh, there are guys on this team. Everybody on the roster has a chance to really help us. That's what's up. So it's just a matter of you know some guys don't get in the gym. They don't think it's important. Okay, you you see that during the year, yeah. you know, like some guys just say ah, I won't get in the gym in the summer. You know, then they come back and think they're just going to get in the gym. Doesn't work that way. You have to get in the gym. Like, no, it's got to be your life. Yeah, it's a job. To play college basketball is a job. You've done it, Jack. It's a job. I mean, it is fun, and it's fun. It's fun. It's a job. But it's not for fun. It's a job. It's a job, and you are trying to accomplish something that's never been done, so to speak. And if, yeah, if you don't want to get the work in and you're not happy with the minutes, you're not happy with the offense, of course, Bear Lawrence's applications. Yeah, it's an optional activity. Yeah. All I want to give you some jumpers. Yeah, and a lot of schools, a lot of schools, a lot of schools don't take it seriously and go play there. But if you come here, it's a job, and it's a job, and you got a double curriculum. Good luck with that. So you either have to, you have to love the game to play college basketball. You don't love the game, quit. Yeah, I, I used to. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you don't love the game, I didn't play a lot. But like for a guy like me, I didn't wasn't very good in high school, but I. Damn loved it. Like even stepping on that practice court for me was like, oh man, this is ecstasy. You did get a summer league award though. You were the summer league MVP though last summer. I'm a good player. I'm just, I wasn't a good player. (laughs) To a movie star, basketball movie star. Oh yeah. I was doing two things. Oh yeah. Uh, Ryan is an example. Ryan is a perfect example. This is a kid who, who, or, or, um, Donnie, there was old clips of him shooting a hundred shots up on YouTube. Just in the gym every day. Every day. I mean, we weren't supposed to tell Rifka, but but the day before his wedding, we kind of got a workout in. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna shoot in the morning. Yeah. We were gonna shoot in the morning, but we had to get to New York. So we couldn't find a gym once we were here and we didn't want to go up to YU. But the day before his wedding, you put in a two hour, you put in two hours of work and lifted. So it is your job. And, the biggest and, and and more importantly, that was coming off that Farmingdale loss. And there was a focus to some of those guys that like, we are not letting this happen again. That was, I, I, I had, a, I have a, a little story that it kind of hammers this home and we can move on. But I remember when I played um, in 2016, we lose to old Westbury and I'm like fuming and I was, I'm taking it personally, even though, again, I'm on the bench. I'm like getting towels and cups for Shia Weiss. I'm not playing, but I'm like, it's personal. And I get right in the gym and it's me and Judah Cohen and we're doing shots and rebounding. It's just goes to show why, how Judah guy five, nine was as good as he was. He was in the gym right after the game. And there was a kid, I'm not going to name names, but let's say he's, I'll bring it full circle, but there was a kid who he came into the gym put his sneakers down and shout. He had his outfit on, the glasses, he had the ear. He was ready to go out and party. And I just took a look. And this is a kid who was young at the time, like freshman or sophomore. It was getting minutes. And right after a loss, he was going to party. And I just looked at him like, 
I was like, what are you doing? It was just such a disconnect. Like that, this guy here, I was like, God gave you this gift of this body and this opportunity. And you look at you, dude, he's in the gym. You're going to go out to party. And it made sense to me that a couple of years later, there was a kid by the name of Donnie Katz who came in that was playing in a position that perhaps this kid had thought he was meant to have been in and, you know, wasn't so happy about it. But I'm, I just look at it like, yeah, it's either, you either want it or you don't care. Yeah, it's not handy. You got to go, go get it. You know, if I'm a freshman coming into this program, I walk up to Elliot and I say, hey, you tell that boy right there, he's just holding my seat for right now because that's my job. Mm. Like, that's what's up. Like, that's the, if you don't have that attitude, don't come. If you don't, yeah. if you want guys who want to play, not guys who are happy not playing. You want guys who want to play, but not guys who want to play and then will disrupt the chemistry if they Yeah, I, I also, I like the, the C thing, but then you get into situations. I, I do agree. I, I like to also say like your biggest competitor is yourself. What is your maximum today? How can you beat that tomorrow? That's what I like to tell the eighth graders that I coach said, all right, now you beat that tomorrow. How do you beat that the next day? What can you beat that? What are you weak today? How do you keep improving? And if every day you approach it like that, like Ryan came in was, we could just point out obvious 30 pounds too light. Yeah. Didn't really have the left. Oh, this is a great example. Ryan came in as a sophomore spoke with Ellie Katz of the game. I said, Ryan talked to this coach, Ellie, he's a really knowledgeable guy. As you know, she said, you don't really have a left hand yet work on the left hand sophomore year he comes in junior year he has the left hand drive he says you have the left hand drive but you're finishing right you don't have the left hand finish coming in left hand, comes in left hand gets the left hand finish he's getting you have this you have this but you know the three-point shot not falling as consistent ryan comes in as a freshman and is nailing threes it's just about better just get in the gym because yeah. what you do when the lights are off that will decide how and how much you play when the lights are on and that's, to me, is the ticket. If you don't put in the work when the lights are off, you're never going to play when the lights are on. I tell that to kids all the time, and some kids listen and are successful, and some kids don't, and, you know, they do other things. Let's put it that way. So that that's my take on that. And um, uh, were we going to – what was the next game, Orrin? uh you're you're talking about saturday night saturday night after that oh man st mary's yeah that was just because you had you had a mccord game that night so i, I, I imagine you watched the i imagine you you watched the well well, well. Lord, i'm making you host i might uh i am in la so i i might need to i'll i'll pass the buck over and and, and just to continue on uh i might right. need dinner with my uncle but continue this is golden yeah, um, I imagine you watched the recording after. Yeah, I did. The way I, I listened to the game on the way home, but the way we played, I probably should have watched the whole game and let somebody else coach my team because I wasn't, I, we weren't worth a lick that night. But, but we didn't compete that night. That's the one that bothered me. Like we played a really good team. They're really good. We just didn't compete. So, but, but on the, so I did watch the, you know, when I got back, um, why? I mean, I 
Doton single-handedly won the game, I think. Like with all everything that's going on, like we didn't start to pull away until Doton. Right. Anytime the mount went on some type of spurt, Doton would make a big shot or make a big play. Yes. And then and then he had like two or three minutes where he just dominated both sides of the floor. So so that you know, we we they kind of they kind of ran a little bit of a match up here. I'm trying to remember what they did. It's been a long week for me. But um um what was open was the baseline, and when we finally got it, and I think we went through Doton to get it, or Matan to get it, we just we killed him on a baseline. But that's what I mean. Like Roy had a great night that night. So like, yeah. the, the, like one night it's Roy, one night it's another guy. You know, the the thing is that your your best players are going to get the most opportunities in this offense. This is the way it is. Sometimes they. You know, like let's just take Zebby two nights ago and they go box on him. So he, he, you know, they went box and we subbed in Or and that was a that was his brilliant move and it was a way to go. Um, and and we kind of hung in there for a while, and then they eventually had to get out of that box because they were losing by so much. It was a unique way to guard us. I'm glad we saw it this early in the season. It'll give us experience when other coaches try to do it. Which I'm sure is inevitable, but I, I, you know, the difference is when Max was there, we we guarded, even though we got right. in foul trouble and all that. We we guarded, and when you guard, uh, I mean, I don't care who it is, you know, you're supposed to slap a team like that around. If you're supposed to slap a team like that around, slap them around. Right. I mean, if you're not, then just slap them around anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Go in there with a little bit of a. I think we're learning how to do that. By the way, the the iteration of the team before before Monday night was a team that all YU fans got used to, and our limitations were a little bit obvious. Right. And then this mamma jamma comes in here, and now we're a whole nother animal. Oh, I mean, no mistake. We are a whole nother basketball team right now. I think. Uh, I think wrongly, Max. You know, uh, I think people were skeptical. You know, uh, they they saw the the D one brand next to him, but you know, people say, oh, he didn't play all that much last year." But it still doesn't matter. You're 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 training with top players every day, even if you're not seeing a minute on the court in a regular season game. It's going to make you better down the road. He's good enough to eventually play there. I don't know if he's eventually playing there when he's a redshirt freshman, but maybe when he's a sophomore, junior, he'd be playing there. But you could play there, or you, or you come to our place and, and get a chance to play for the next 10 years because you're going to get enough publicity over here and enough of a fan base over here that your, that your ability to play overseas is greater. And, and you're going to play the right way. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So you could go there and sit on somebody's bench. That's not a problem. That's but, not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think but I'm, it, it, I'm saying once you're doing this, why don't you just do it? You know, I mean, just get in over here and let's play. You know, play. We get over here and play. You're going to play here. The It's a question if you're going to play there. We know you're going to play here. But why not come here and play? And, and the, I mean, he's a really smart basketball player. He's, he knows what he's doing, he knows what we're doing. So, you know, I'm, we're different now. We're very different than we were a week ago. Matter of yeah. fact, different than we were last Saturday night. 
I'd like, I'm looking forward to seeing us tomorrow night. Because I think the whole league now has to look at that and go, what? He was three for, he was four for what from three? He did what? Four for he seven, won. I think. Oh, no, I know that. But I'm saying the coaches are looking at that and go, who's this guy? Oh, they got right. another one of these bastards. Right. Anyway, you know, so it's, it, it, there, there, you know, there's, there's, he's got four years of eligibility. It's, it's, it's an awesome thing. And, and that's what I mean. Like people don't get that. We, we, uh, we have to take a macro view. We can't take a micro view. You take your games micro view. You have to go micro view on your games. You can't do that on your season. You have to, we're playing the long game here. That's what's up. Yeah. Coach, pretty crazy moment actually right now in skyline play. Farmingdale's up 62-61 on St. Joe's of Long Island. They have the ball with 39.1 seconds left. Farmingdale has it or Long Island has it? Farmingdale has the ball up one with 30, 39.1 seconds left. Where is the game? Uh, you want me to text you the stream? We can simulcast? No, you can simulcast if you want, but I, 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 don't, I don't need to see them. I just want to know the final score. I tried not to watch them. I'm saying, where's the game? Yeah, I, I'm just kind of curious because after Old Westbury tomorrow night, the Max have St. Joe's Long Island, Mose Chavez. Yeah. Where's the game? Uh, the MSAC. No. Saturday night. Where's the oh, Farmingdale. I'm sorry. Farmingdale's home. Okay. I mean, one can dream these last 39 seconds. Farmingdale has the ball, you said. And how, yeah. much, is, how much is on the shot clock? Uh, it looks like they're showing a picture of the scoreboard, so you can't see the shot clock, unfortunately. Wow, somebody took a timeout. So even yeah. in the worst case, in the worst case, there's 30 on the clock. You get the ball back with 10 seconds to go. Yes. Go. Now, you know, if they give up a three or foul a layup right here, the game's basically over. If yeah. They if they convert it. If they get a stop, I'm sure the big boys on the floor just go in there. Is, is Tabata playing? I forgot his number. Light skin dude. I forgot his number. Yeah, uh, on farming, correct? No, no, on, on Long Island. He hasn't played oh, Long Island. Island. So I just don't know if he is or not. 25, 5, 3. Uh, oh, no, no, it's farming, though. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, farming does wearing white. I'm usually used to them being the darker jersey. <laughs> All right, so we got Farmingdale inbounding. Oh, I feel like a play-by-play commentator again. Farmingdale at the top of the key. Hey, Santos. Santos finds the lane. No good, but he's called for the, for, the, uh, for drawing the foul, and we'll shoot a pair. 32.5 seconds left. Farmingdale at the line for a pair. Santos at the line for two? Yeah, it's Santos. I think he hit pretty well against us at the line. Yeah, I'm wondering. One of these might be coming off. Good free throw shooter, but 35 seconds ago is a little different. I'll yeah. say that they were they were down 11 in the first half, right? Yeah, they were down by, I, I think at one point they were down by as much as 15 or 16. Yeah, uh, well. Yeah. Too strong on the first, St. Joe's. Oh, 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 call. I didn't even need analytics to tell you that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's actually pretty Whoa, good. Uh, our, our very gracious uh, Mayor Wiesel, the ones and twos, actually uh, – is putting the stream on right now. I can't see it. How do I do that? I just uh, do I? Do yeah, I if you if you it? if you click on Mayor's thing and you pin it, you can watch it right here. Okay, let's see what we got. Thank you, Mayor. Yeah, and I'm actually uh, behind now on my stream. Okay. So, so it looks like 
he missed both. St. Joe's missed, and then they had to he foul Farmingdale again. So Farmingdale's going back to the line. Whoa, 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 whoa. He missed both. Yeah, and now Farm- now it's now you're seeing right now on Mayor's picture. All right, now far now it's a two point game. Fifteen seconds. One, left. I uh, is this what's on. his name? Uh, I, it's a little. I wanted on? to ask before. And yes, go ahead. we could get it on this pod, but it was super interested in go ahead, I had heard that about like what it was like learning from Bobby Knight, what that experience Ooh. was. And we would talk so much, we always ended off with the Tamir thing, but I, I think I'd like really be interested in, in knowing about you and, and your experiences with one of the I, I try I try not to talk about it because it's um is it a secret? I don't know if it was a secret. No, well, it kind of was till you just let it out the bag. <laughs> um, um, wow, a ball screen. Who'd have thought that? We could we could edit it out. Uh, wow, we could edit it. Oh, you don't have to edit it out. Did they? Was it why did why they do that? There's not enough time. Oh, maybe there's like six point six left. I don't know. I would have gone for the tie now. She got there right quick. Um. What was it like? Um, he's probably one of the five smartest people I've ever met in my life. And um, do me and Jack make that top five? Uh, definitely not. I don't. Well, you may. I might have. be one of the five funnest people you've ever met in your life, but I don't know if I'd fall into five smartest. Know, Jack, I'll, I'll in my, youth, I, my youth, I was a bit of a mess now. So that <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, it, it, you know what I used to do, Jack, I used to call coaches up on the phone. Like I, I, some, I, I'm going to even have them over here. Let me see some of my most prized possessions. Let me see if might be it right here. Here we go, Jack. I don't know if you could see this, but let's see, see if you guys can make this out. Um, let me see if I can get it right. Wait a second. Let's try it this way. Can you read that? Oh, no, no. You'd have to read it out. It's too blurry. Yeah, it's blurry. It, says, it says conversation coach Newell. And it's both sides of this one. This one. I have a ton of them. I would call coach Newell, Pete Newell. For those who don't know Pete Newell, and this might be new to somebody in California, but Coach Newell, uh, the last eight times they played John Thompson, I'm sorry, John Wooden, the last eight times they played each other, Coach Newell beat him eight times. The last eight times he was coaching that league. So I, he, he, Coach Newell, probably the Probably smartest basketball coach I've ever met. Him and Coach Knight. But Coach Newell was brilliant. He gave so much of his time. You know, I I was like dying for for a conversation. So I just called coaches. Um, I don't, I don't want to. I, I feel bad dropping names. I just called coaches. I, I didn't meet coach like that. I met coach at his own basketball camp, and then. Um, I, I think they got this. Yeah, game over. Yeah, yeah oh, nothing's happening. Game yeah. over. Take it um, off. 
take it off. I don't want to watch this nonsense anymore. All right. Farmingdale survived. They blew it. They blew it. Yeah. So, so, um, he gave me time, which he never had to do. So I, I always appreciated that. Um, he answered my questions. Um, that's all I'll say about that. I don't really want to get into it too much, but we can respect not, that. I don't always talk about it. I usually never talk about it because, you know, I'm a loud guy and everybody always kind of, you know, correlates it. And I don't, I don't like the correlation. We're, I'm a totally different person. And, um, but he's like, um, just br he's a brilliant man. And uh, I'm sorry that he doesn't have his faculties right now, but brilliant man. I think he'd love what we're doing right now. I know he did. So he'd love what we're doing right now. He'd be a great guest to have, uh, but obviously we know that's uh, wishful thinking. Not going to happen. Yeah. He's, he's struggling right now, but. Right. Uh, um, so coach, we're, we're, uh, we're approaching the end, uh, yeah. two hours as we usually do. Um, I want to know what the expectation should be going into Old Westbury, and um, should we expect more of the same from Max Zakheim? I mean, what we got the other night is Max. That's Max. So, um, um, yeah, we should expect the same from Max. Uh, I think some guys are going to Max is going to get time. That's all I'll say about that. And everybody else is going to have to deal with it. Max, this is Max. Like Max is like this. And I think he, we're just scratching the surface on Max. Straight up. Yeah. I think we're scratching the surface on him. But we're a different basketball team to them. Totally different. Like whatever everybody's used to and all that, we're totally different. Or totally different. What, that, what, what does that do, though, in terms of? Zevi, like, will his sh shot count go down dramatically? No, it'll go down a bit, but it it'll be he'll get better shots. He'll get op more open shots. He'll get. You know, Max gonna run our stuff. We gotta we gotta give him again. He's a twenty year old, so you gotta gotta be. I'm not putting professional expectations on the guy, but right. you gotta give him room to make mistakes like everybody else. Everybody else has had. 11 games or 10 games to make mistakes. He's had one. So Max will make some mistakes, but he's, he's talented. Zebby's going to get more open looks and I'm not, it'd be dangerous to box him again. I think Zebby because Max or and that kind of thing. Right. Um, I personally against those boxes, I'd rather get inside out on them. But Zebby, you know, he, there may be nights he takes another 25 shots. And there may be nights he takes six. What's undeniable is you have to deal with Zebby because if you don't, he's going to kill you. Yeah. He's just, he's just that talented, you know. And, and, and I said in the beginning, I thought the, 
the whole league was going to sleep on Roy. They did. They're not asleep anymore. Um, he's sort of announced his presence with authority a little bit. I would just say, anybody wants to know about Roy, uh, check out how much that cat, what that cat over at uh, Mount St. Vincent, their leading scorer from last year, wasn't he? Prosec or whatever his name is. I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Oh, Mount St. Vincent's top player. Yeah. What was his name? Was it Nocera? Maybe. No, that's when you were there. Mm, uh, during my time, it's going way back. Yeah, like I, I forgot his name, but he had no points. Just check out the box score. Roy's a hell of a player, and only going to get better. Oh, I think he's the most consistent. Player. I think he's the most consistent player on the team. For now. For now. Everybody uh, else is kind of growing. You know, Doton still speaks volumes about a freshman. Grow, Doton's growing into a phenomenal player. Um, Zevi, Zevi, Oren, Oren. Gob is Gob. I think Gob's playing great. Best basketball of his yeah. life. Got um, that Baltimore fighting spirit in him. Got something in him. He's like he. That, that boy number eleven. He don't want no piece of God. He's got the most. He's got the most passion on that team, he's, hands down. He gets after you. He's he's no joke. He's so into it. I uh, I caught up with uh, I caught up with his uh, high school coach the other night, Coach Krieger. Is that right? What did Coach Krieger yeah, have to say uh, at the tournament? He, no, he just uh, I, I said God is getting minutes. He said, "How's he doing?" I said, "You know when he." When he's feeling that three-point shot, it's a beautiful rainbow. Did you did you go to the game Saturday night? I I went to Hank and chat with the hopes of seeing Donnie there, but it looks mm. like Donnie didn't stay there for Chavez. No, he he did. He just one one he was sick on Chavez, but two he went home. But he was at the YU game Saturday night. He was. He left right after Chavez and made the game Saturday night. Holy cow. He made he lives, he lives around the corner. He he got there, I don't know, nine o'clock probably. He was a few minutes late. But you're saying he was you're saying he was in Baltimore for Chavez and then Yeah, he was at our house. Oh wow. He made it on time for the YU game. Wow. I'm not going to talk about any law breaking on this. So. No. <laughs> Donnie's a straight shooter. I'm just I'm just impressed. That's all. Um but anyway, uh, I, I was actually surprised. Uh, what, 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 there was a school that won Boyar. I just, I, I didn't know Israel. much. About out of Israel, out of Israel. Yeah, I didn't know much about them. Um, but they, they looked pretty good. They looked pretty good in the final against Yavna Dallas. Yeah, I mean, uh, didn't Yavna piss that game away or something? Yeah, they had a they had a big lead that kept evaporating and evaporating. Um, I think also, uh, uh, I think there have been other Israeli schools that have been trying to make inroads with these American basketball tournaments. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Richard Charlotte, but wasn't he doing wasn't he doing some consulting for an Israeli school trying to get them more involved he, in American he, tournaments? Yeah, he may have. Uh, I know Boyers come every year for the last however many years. Like they they. They've been coming as long, like the last, I want to say about a decade, but they've never won. So this is the first group that's kind of won. Right. But again, I, you know. And this was, this, this tournament, didn't it actually open up your 
her eyes to OFEC? Yes. Isn't that, isn't that, wasn't that kind of the springboard for how OFEC? Yeah, he, he was in 11th, yeah, he was in 11th grade. And uh, contrary to what his coach, who's a phenomenal guy, I love him to death. Right, Coach Zimmerman. Yeah, but Coach Zimmerman says that he never told me this, but I texted Elliot, you know, Zim says that he's going to visit one. But so he, so Elliot, I, I'm like, we were looking at Griffin Levine. Yeah, um, sure. And there was also Mason uh, Schwaber. Yeah, but yeah, but Griffin was what we thought we could get. Right. Griffin ended up going to Pratt, right? He did. He did. And so I, but so I said, I went to see him and I'm the biggest loser in the world because I think I'm the only person, the exception of maybe the director, Sherry Braunstein. I'm not sure she, I think she was there the first year who's been to every single one of those. And I, as a matter of fact, I never coached in that tournament, but I'm the first official technical foul of that tournament. <laughs> That's a good thought. Sitting on my friend's bench and I got teed up in that tournament. Anyway, so, I, yeah. so let the record show. I got the first. <laughs> um, and and I watched OVEC play a couple of possessions and I sent a text to Elliot and I'm like, dude, I don't know who this guy is, but... The, he's the missing piece because we knew what we had coming back right you know like i think that year was the year we went to we won the championship so we so in in so we 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 were we knew what we were going to get we knew gabe was coming you know but then that senior year when he was a senior went back you know and then he was the guy we wanted and so so I remember texting Elliot. He's like, describe, can you describe him? I said, well, here's how I describe him. This kid right here, he going to run over to you, punch you in the mouth and take your lunch money. Then he's going to go find your mom and punch her in the mouth just because that's who he is. And that's how I described OFAC. And Elliot was, <laughs> Elliot was intrigued. And, um, I don't, I don't want to say blew me off in 11th grade, but it was, like Zim said, you know, kind of had other, this Texas recruiting him, that and then, and then his senior year took a little more seriously. Was he uh, back in Baltimore the following year? Yeah, they came again. He broke mm -hmm. the rim and the other, in the, in the, you know, that brand new gym they got? Were you up there? Yeah, I, I was there. I was there the other night, the, 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 the wiener gym, right? Right. So that used to be the green gym and he broke the basket. He bent the wow. rim. Yeah. So um, he came then next year. He was the same bad dude that he was a year before that. And um, arranged a trip for him to come see YU. And I think he, I think Donnie and maybe Ryan showed him around. I want to say. Maybe it was Donnie and Sam. I don't remember. Rofa could tell you, obviously. But and then and then he was like like we knew what we had that year. Now his senior year, that's year we lose a Farmdale. If he's there, we never lose to them. He he was like he lost one. You know, up to last year, he lost one game in college. I mean, he lost five games in his college career. So, pretty good player. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that that is where I saw him at that tournament. Um, no, there's never really been 
never really been he's he could be the most i mean donnie was at that tournament you know jordan king was at that tournament yeah sure. a couple of kids from the Hassel. shelby was there at that tournament you know i saw shelby at that tournament but he's one of the best kids ever played in that tournament so you know it's 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 what it is yeah yeah I always like to end with uh, with a little bit of a high school chatter since you're still coaching at the high school level. And, okay. you know, we're, we're talking about the why you we, we always talk about how the why you program can grow and get better. And the beauty of having this conversation is uh, I can have it with you, but I can't talk about it with Elliot because because of the NCAA right. regulations. But uh, if you had a give me top three high school players. Jewish high school players who have your eye on for no, you're not going to do it. No, yeah. I'll tell you why. Okay, as soon as you say something like that, all them cats are walking around telling people that, right? And and then the last thing they'll do is work hard. Yeah, the answer I have is just get in the gym. Shut up. Just go work. Go to work. Go to work. Because right now, where's a freshman coming in in this lineup? Like who's I mean, he playing? Who's he playing in front of right now? Incoming freshman. Playing in front of Max. I mean, it's frankly. He playing in front of Zevi? Is he playing in front of Roy? Frankly, of look, there, there was more. There was more opportunity for incoming freshmen this year. Where next year it's going to be totally impossible. Yeah, and the year after that, like, go take your gap year, buddy. Um. Uh. I'm not even sure there's three, Oren. Wow. wow. Got, like, we, you know what the problem is right now with kids? They all want superstar treatment without superstar effort. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They they like that's what they want. We're 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 raised, I mean, this they don't they don't have expectations. Expectations bother them. You know, I tell my guys all the time, one of whom I know is listening to this thing right now. I, I'm going to expect things from you. That's what's up. Yeah. That's expectation is the ticket. And a lot of guys don't want to do the work or that's a sad fact of Jewish basketball right now. Well, some guys do it. Most kids are like, nah, nah, I'm going to play PlayStation or, you know, and then they want to know why they don't get playing time or why they didn't get recruited. You didn't get recruited. You didn't do the work. If you're if you're Snapchatting and you're Twittering and you're doing whatever the hell these things are called and you're not in the gym, or if you're taking pictures of yourself working out, now the guy I want is the guy who doesn't do that. I get, you know, you want to do it because, you know, you want it for your own edification or whatever like that, what I got to work on and stuff. But you're putting it on your Snapchat and your Twitter and your Instagram. What the hell are you doing, dude? Get in the gym and work. Stop being right. a mom. I mean, like I don't want to. I don't want to see some high school kids work out. I just don't want to see it. Most of them are depressing. Yeah. Like they think they're working hard, and then you get them in the gym for ten minutes and they're they're dying. I. Like, uh, yeah. You could ask my guy. You could ask my guys. Maybe if 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 the guy who texted me is still listening, 
maybe he could tell you what 21 is like and doing five of those in a day. Yeah. Listen, I, particular I, yeah. Drill that we do, uh, you know, you want to work, you want to work, or if you want to work hard, you know, most guys have no idea what it's like to work hard. They think they do, and they have no clue. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no. I, I, I think it's you're totally on the ball. Uh, I've known Zevi for five, Zevi Samuel for five, five years, and uh, throughout high school, uh, he, he would. I think he had a he had a platform, and he would promote. I, I think we post a lot of videos of him in the gym and shoot arounds, and uh, Zevi's totally off social media these days. Um, so right, uh, good for him because yeah. I think. I honestly think if you're a basketball player or any kid, get the hell off social media. But you know what your boss is going to do? The first thing your boss is going to do when you apply for a job, he's going to go to your Twitter account. Then he's going to hit up your Instagram. Then he's going to try to find your Snapchat or whatever other stupid thing you're on. Facebook. I don't even know if that's still a thing. MySpace. You know, like, and, and he's going to go, how can I hire you? How would you, why did you put out something this stupid? When in your mind did you think this was a good idea to write that? You know what I mean? You go, well, I was a kid. Well, you were a dumb kid and you had no, I tell kids all the time, get the hell off social media. Just get off. It, it does absolutely nothing for you. Okay. You might pick up a girl here and there, but it ain't the girl you're going to want to be with. Right. Yeah. So get off of social media. Just get, it doesn't do you any good. Like if you're a teenager, you can only get in trouble on social media. And you end up spending your day like this. This is how you spend your day, just like that. Yeah. And you, you get lost in the abyss of I nonsense. <laughs> and you get lost in the abyss of nonsense. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I have access to it, so I check it every once in a while just to see. But I, I, I'm almost never on Twitter. Never on Facebook. I just find you end up being in a Facebook discussion for five days and then you realize you're both entrenched in what you're thinking anyway. So yeah. you just wasted five days of your life with nonsense. You know, so you could be for all you high school players out there listening, for all you high school players out there listening, listening to Coach Katz. Uh more work on the court. Uh, less work on social media. Absolutely. And by the way, if you don't think coaches look at your Twitter or your whatever, you're crazy. You're crazy. You're yeah. crazy. Get in the classroom, keep your grades up, and make yourself recruitable instead of doing all this pure stupidity on social media. It's just, it's... I don't know a coach in the world that's happy his guys are on Twitter. I mean, maybe there are. I just don't, I never met them. Yeah. But I'm happy their kids on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat. I don't know anybody in the world. That, and what kind of person do you want to be? Like, what, why is, why do you want, like, what's the point of it? Like, what, stop following the crowd, get in the gym and get to work. If you want to be a player, if you don't want to be a player, you know, I get it. But it just you just don't get basketball jobs. You have to earn them. Yeah. You ain't gonna earn them on Twitter and Instagram. Get in the gym, shut up, get in the gym. Stop paying your trainer a million dollars to put you through an obstacle course. 
you know, because they got a cone here and a cone there, and you know, it's like a bunch of forget that. Give me game situations because you know what? Cones don't move defensively. You know what I mean? Like you're dribbling around a chair. Well, that chair ain't going nowhere. The guy checking you, he's all over you. Chair ain't got no hands. Chair ain't slapping at you. You know what I mean? Like get in there, get physical, get to work, and challenge yourself because kids don't even know how to do that. They don't know how to challenge themselves. So get somebody who's going to challenge you, not somebody who's going to steal money from your parents with 14 different dribbling drills with two balls. Guess what? You only have one ball in the game. Get somebody to teach you how to get open off a down screen. Get somebody to teach you how to get open off a back screen. Get somebody to teach you what a curl is, a, a, a flash cut, a straight cut. You want to play at YU? Get somebody to teach you how to play man-to-man correctly. Not some nonsense you throw in there when your 2-3 zone gets old because you're down 15. Get somebody to teach you how to guard because every single kid we get from these G leagues has no clue how to guard. None. Mm -hmm. And we spend half the time getting them half to learn. And you see it for yourself. Honestly, Master was a good defender in high school. He won great. Like we knew we were going to have to teach him how to guard. And then he went to prep school in Bryant and all of a sudden he knows how to guard. Well, hell yeah. You know what I mean? But we still, everybody else we got has to work at it. Right. And and that, that right there was definition of hard work. You know, Max knew that, his game needed some refining after the Yeshiva League where he wasn't getting tested all that much. Right. Canterbury really took him to that next level. And, and he became a better player. He's bigger, stronger, faster. But more than anything else, he became a good defender. And so yeah. if you're a good defender, here's this is the bottom line for any kid looking to go to YU. And I'm only talking about YU because I can't talk about other colleges because I have nothing to do with them. If you're looking to go to YU and you can't defend, you're going to waste your freshman year. Because you're just gonna sit and watch. But if you can, if you know how to defend and you can play a little bit, you're gonna play right away if you're any good. But if you don't know how to defend, good luck, you're in line. And the guys who put in the time the year before you by sitting and watching because they weren't taught how to defend. Again, this goes back to coach. I think coaches owe this to players, and you know, they don't get it, and players don't get it from their coaches. Yeah, the coaches are like, I gotta win my league, and that's it. And I think it's like, it's like people assume that if you if you kind of bring, like we talked about the other day, if you a couple weeks ago, if you bring somebody up with by raising the level of play and expectation, you're automatically not going to win a championship. You can do both. You can raise a level of play for that kid that you owe, and you can still win a championship. You know what I mean? And so yeah. most kids, I can't think of one kid, including Gabriel, that came in from a Yeshiva League team and was able to guard right away. Judah wasn't able to do it. Jamie wasn't able to do it. They had to work at it, and they, Judah did a great job at it. I mean, Jor, Jordan, Tyler was pretty good at it. Give him a little credit. Jordan was pretty good at it. But but not yeah. right away. In other words, they, Mike Berg, Mike Berg too. He was good at it. But they had a little, but remember, Mikey came to YU, he's older. Right. So he's more one of the older players, one of the oldest players in the league. Right. So he's, you know, but like the other guys had a, you know, and I and I I feel for the guys who played before Elliot got there because they weren't playing much man to man. 
Yeah. Basic low expectation basketball, right? So this is expectation basketball. We expect you to want to be good. Like if, but again, like I said the other day, if, if you're not, if you're not willing to get in the gym, you're at the wrong program. Because you're not going to play if you're not going to work. Yeah. And there's no guarantee if you do work that you're going to play. You just have to earn it. And if you don't want to compete for a job, you're definitely at the wrong place. Because it's about competition. And you want to know yeah. what else is about competition? Every day you go to workplace. Every single day. If you don't compete in a workplace, I mean, you could be in an ivory tower job in some college. You know? No offense, Oren. But... <laughs> No, I'm saying, like, if you get in the marketplace, you have to work. And you're going to have to compete. Nowadays, you know, I'll end with this, Warren, because I heard this. Aaron McKee was talking about John Cheney. And he told this story. Guy said, my, my, I think he said, my grandfather walked us 10 miles to school. My father walked five miles to school. I'm driving a Lexus. My son's going to be driving a Ferrari. My grandson is going to be walking 10 miles to school. Because tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create tough times that's the circle of what's going on. we are in the midst of living that very example of weak men and it's our job as coaches as much as we can as john cheney says to create warriors guys who are willing to get in there and fight strong men that's i've always felt that was my job anyway but that my wife says that's my new kick yeah that is my new kick because i think we're it's a plague. It's a pandemic. Oh, coach, wanted, you know, he won't play. Shut up. Let's get in the gym. Earn the, the job. Gym. Earn Short the job. From the point. That should be a yearbook quote. Get in the gym, Coach Katz. That's it. Earn the job. Just earn the job. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you're going to do. Yeah. That's what's up. And that uh, uh, bottom line. And so. Great way to close. Great way yeah. to close. Uh, All right. Wisdom as always. From the Podfather. Uh, that's a wrap on episode three. Thank you, Brutus. Uh, <laughs> Brutus signing out. Uh, we'll have episode four hopefully sometime in the next week or two. Uh, there'll be a simulcast, I believe, the Old Westbury game tomorrow night for those who are interested. Yeah, I won't be uh, on or listening. <laughs> but, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure and I the can. game is at Farmingdale for people who want to go to the game. It's not at Old Westbury, just to clarify. I'll actually uh, have to watch online because. Uh, my high school boys have a big game tomorrow night against, uh, tomorrow night against the SCR Sting. So, uh, big game. Uh, yeah, big game. SCR Sting. Very what good time game. is that game? I believe it's a 7.30. Can you, can you watch the late stream? It's at SAR or Hillel? No, it's at Hillel. Oh, huh. because I know it was SAR. You couldn't watch the late stream. And the YU game is at 8. So, right. SR is a very good you got a multiple, And then you got the Rams and the Raiders. So what are you going to do, Arn? Three. Uh, I, coach, I've been at the fantasy playoffs for a while now. So it's all around. I'm, I'm a Rams fan and I have to suffer through it like everybody else. So. <laughs> hey, you know, you can enjoy the, so I, 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 
Hanukkah's coming up. I could buy you a Baker Mayfield jersey. Yeah, well, like I like I pointed out to my uh, uh, my uh, director of player development, Uzi Stern, and my two players. Oh, I had a few players in the gym. Uh, the Rams have two first picks in the draft on their roster, actually, at quarterback in Matt Stafford and, and Baker Mayfield. And all I'll say is this, a lot good that's doing for him today. Yeah. So, whatever. It's it's If it keeps the 49ers from getting a quarterback, I'm happy too. But you get, the two things anyway, that, the two things that destroyed my life were the Cowboys and the 49ers. Those two teams cannot lose enough for me. Yeah. That's all I'll say about that. That's how you close a podcast. Thanks, as always, to our viewers. Uh, and that does it for episode three of the Harold Cats podcast. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Warren. Recording stops.